0: Hey guys, and welcome back to Note to Self with Peyton Sarton. That is me. I'm Peyton Sarton. So we're starting off this new year strong. I'm really excited for y'all to hear this episode. Um, it's definitely one of my favorites I've done so far, and I cannot wait to have Bria on again. But Let's do a little life update. So last episode, we talked about 2022, quote, resolutions, kind of, question mark. I was telling you all how I feel like this year I really want to focus on prioritizing having a good time doing things. And I've been disciplined my entire life. And now it's time to just take a breather. That obviously doesn't mean like don't work. Um, But I definitely want to prioritize the fun things about work more and try to outsource as many things as possible. Also, I'm really taking like a true inventory of what it is that I like doing about my job, what things are working, what things aren't working for me, and also trying to be able to leave behind some of those things and parts of my job that aren't working. Um, Various business ventures, things like that. If they don't work out, then cutting the ties and not pursuing those anymore because it's just not, not worth the I guess overall sense of just dread when you're doing, you know, parts of your job that you absolutely hate. That being said, I mean, I did when I first started doing my current job. And when you start companies or new projects, it's really important to be disciplined and to put in those hours of work and sacrifice and all that stuff. I totally get it. I've done it. I'm willing to do it in the future, but only if it's like, worth the outcome. Sometimes you start things and you realize, nah, like, is this worth it? Like, I don't, I don't know if it's worth it or not. You kind of lose your fire. So anyways, acknowledging that and my life is going to be huge this year. Um, and I only say that to let y'all know, like I am still working <laughs> when I keep saying I'm having fun and I'm having a good time. I'm still working. I'm still getting all my shit done. I'm still living by my to-do list, but I'm just trying to make it a good time in general. So, My life update currently is that since last week, since last week's episode, I really have been prioritizing fun. Joe and I have been going out to eat dinner more often with each other, with friends. We met up with some friends this weekend, not only for like dinner and stuff like that, but we went out on Saturday to watch some of the the football games and things. And I introduced Joe to some Texas people. We had a great time. And then yesterday, I'm recording this on a Monday, by the way. Um, We went over to a friend's house and watched some more football. So I don't know. It's just been nice to kind of let loose and not think about a plan. And getting back to work this morning has been like just a trip. But I'm trying to learn how to not be so rigid when it comes to just my life and my to-do list and my schedule every day. Like I get the things done I need to get done if I don't stress about getting them done so much you know, like the extra stress is just not necessary. So anyways, I've been really in my socialite year already and it's only January. So let's get started on that. I mean, truly that's really it. I haven't really started any new projects recently. I've just kind of been working on old ones and really prioritizing also like setting out time to be inspired and to be like on Pinterest or reading or like getting on the social media platforms, especially TikTok and finding other creators that I really like, uh, and that I, their content inspires me and in doing so actually, I found a lot of Bria's content, the guest of today's show. So Bria and I have followed each other for a while now, and I don't usually get enough time to get on social media and actually like dive into the content of the people I follow. I've seen Bria's content here and there on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, and she's come up on my For You page on TikTok. But I saw a reel from her a couple weeks ago now, that was talking about abundance mindset. And um, it was kind of like syndicating a YouTube video she did. So I went and watched the YouTube video as well, because the the content just really like stuck with me. It was a good reminder for k- using abundance mindset in all areas of your life, but especially when it comes to work. And truly, after seeing that reel and one of my little inspo sessions, I was diving more deeply into her content. And because I usually... Watch her stories. I don't, her reels and stuff don't pop up on my feed sometimes. So, anyways, I was diving in, catching up on her content. And I just noticed like what I really appreciate about Bria, by the way, her name is Hey Bria Jones on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And then, like I said, she's on TikTok. There are some creators and some influencers that I follow that the way that they approach life and their perspective just resonates with me somehow. Like we might have completely different life experiences, but the way they communicate and the way that they express themselves is something that resonates with me. And I feel like as an influencer, a lot of us are just kind of regurgitating information that we heard from someone else or inspiring stories and things that made our lives easier and tips and tricks and things like that. And what I've noticed is the people I follow on social media, the way they express themselves directly correlates with how I express myself sometimes. Like, you know, you can hear something a million times, like literally some, you can hear it the same thing a million times said in different ways. And then like the million one time <laughs> it can, it hits with you because of the way someone said it. Bria's content is like that for me, the way she communicates and the way she expresses herself has really resonated with me. And it really just like a lot of her content just like really hits. So I enjoy following her. Most of the creators that I follow actively that I keep, you know, on across most like platforms, who they are and their perspective um, is usually different from me. But the way that they kind of express themselves and the way they talk about life and the way they discuss things really resonates with me personally. And Bria is one of those people. Some other examples are Lauren Everett, Siskin and Confidential. I followed her for such a long time because when I read her blog when I was in college, She, well, it's Lauren Everett's Bostic now, but the way that she writes is just like I felt like I was having a conversation in my own head, (laughs) and we don't have the same life experience or anything like that. But like, it's just the way that they communicate. So I follow a lot of people like that, and again, Bria is one of the newer follows that I have like that because I tend to follow like these influencers for years and years and years. So, anyways, I wanted her to come on the podcast, um, and especially wanted her to come on. Uh, once I realized she was living in Dallas full-time as well. So Bria and I met for coffee and then we had a discussion that you were about to hear about kind of getting yourself into abundance mindset. Specifically, we talk about uh, money here, how Bria kind of took herself from being overworked and just exhausted to having her first six-figure month which is huge. And she talks about it in her reel specifically how she did so by saying no more and by not being so like desperate for work, I guess is what you could say. And that just, it just really hit home for me. And it's something I truly believe in so much. And it's easy to forget, um, to actively put yourself in that abundance mindset. Cause it does take some time and there are some tools you need to use to really hone in on that perspective and make it the norm for you. And it is, a consistent like effort to do so. So, or at least for me. So I have Rihanna talking about this today. We might do some other episodes later about abundance mindset in other areas of your life, whether it's like relationships or anything like that. We kinda we touch on it here a little bit. Another thing I love about Bria is she has a perspective of a black woman um, living in the United States, living in Texas currently. And it's just a perspective that I personally, as a white woman, cannot necessarily delve into accurately because it's just not my experience in this world. So I love having on guests who can share those perspectives that I am not qualified to speak on really. And we can all just listen to them speak about it. And Bria touches on that here as well. And I'd love to have her back on to touch on more topics um, from the perspective of a, you know, amazing black woman here in the United States. So if you guys want more of that, please make sure to comment on the Instagram page, or you can DM the Instagram page and let me know what specific topics that you would like. If you are a person of color who listens to Note to Self, I would love to know what you want to see more of. And if you have anybody in mind that you feel like really represents your perspective well, I would love to know that. So definitely DM uh, the Note to Self Instagram if you guys have any requests or anything like that. That would be super helpful for not only myself to learn, but anyone else listening to this who needs to learn a thing or two, or would just like to see their views represented more clearly on note to self. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with Bria Jones and also go make sure you're all following her on social media. All right. So I'm sitting here with Bria. We're fresh off a little trip to La La Land Kind Cafe. We got some coffee. I stuffed my face with some avocado <laughs> toast real <fast. laughs> I was starving. Um, and we had a nice conversation at La La Land, kind of, you know, I I knew Bria from following her for quite a while now, actually, uh, mostly through Instagram, some through YouTube as well. Uh, but I wanted her to introduce herself to you guys. And then we'll kind of talk about why I specifically wanted her to come on the show. Besides the fact that she's a Dallas girl now, too. So <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and introduce herself.
1: Hi, guys. I'm Bria. And Like Peyton said, um, I'm a Dallas girl again. I'm actually a boomerang. I was Mm -hmm. here like 10 years ago. So I was really excited to hear Peyton was moving here. Um, But yeah, thanks for having me first of all. Of course. Thank you for coming. Of course. Um, But I'm a digital content creator. I don't know. I get like, do you say influencer?
0: I hate the word influencer, but lately, and we talked about this kind of a little bit earlier, how like we're just like more confident now in general, aging into, you know, the back end of our 20s, early 30s. I'm like, I am an influencer like yeah. that's what I am so like I can't be like I try to skirt it so much but now I'm like <laughs> fuck I'm an influencer yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> I'm yeah. not sorry
1: I I'm with you though like we're influencers you mm-hmm. know that's a title but um yeah I feel like content is is my thing it's my passion and yeah that's kind of what I've been doing for the last like five years now mm-hmm. so and now yeah we're in Dallas and Newly married, trying to figure out that new life (laughs) sounds crazy to say out loud. Yeah, it's wild. So yeah, that's
0: kind of a little bit about me. So how did you get started in uh, content creation? Like where did this spark and how did you kind of get going down the path you are right now?
1: So if we go way back, when I was in high school, we had this magnet program. And from there, we were able to learn about cameras, production, journalism, And so that's where I actually found the itch for it. I didn't really think I could make it a career until I saw like my first influencer and like, what was it? 2014 maybe. Yeah. And for a while I was just like admiring from afar. And then I was like, you know, why not me? So that kind of sparked me to try it out. And at the time I was in Kansas city. So it was kind of difficult in the Midwest, especially like Kansas to be trying to make this come to life. But that was kind of how I got started. I just started taking pictures with friends and then eventually it morphed into what it is now.
0: Mm-hmm. So you are from Texas, from Dallas, like yes. we talked about. You went out to Mizzou first, right, for college. Is this where mm-hmm. you like discovered the whole like first blogger thing you're talking about?
1: No. So in college, I wasn't really aware of it. But when I graduated in 2016, Mm -hmm. because I I was actually a transfer, y'all. I went to Mizzou, then Arkansas. (laughs) Long, (laughs) random story for another episode. Mm -hmm. But after I graduated, I jumped right into corporate America. And then I was like, this is probably the worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) I was basically about to be fired. And um, I knew I was really unhappy with that job. But I was convinced that there was no way I could do content for a living. And I hadn't yet seen that you could do Mm -hmm. it for a living. So I was still in that in-between of figuring it out. But I was probably about a year or two into corporate America when I decided to take the leap. So it was in Kansas City after I had, you know, seen enough influencers kind of starting to pop up that I was like, okay, I want to do this.
0: Mm -hmm. And who were the first people that you followed in this space? Do you remember?
1: I know her face, but I don't remember her. And it was on my other account. Um, She was like this really pretty fitness influencer. It wasn't like a fashion person or anything. I feel like
0: so many girls started in the fitness space. There's so many fitness influencers I used to follow from like the Kayla It Scenes kind of people. Actually,
1: she was one of my first ones too. And I loved her app. But yeah, it was in that niche. And some of those girls are still like now have like these empires Mm -hmm. but they were these fitness influencers slash models at first
0: yeah okay so when you were you were in corporate america what were you doing in corporate america
1: i was doing health information technology so basically what i would do is bop around from different hospitals across the country and teach doctors how to use their patient software
0: okay so different Very, (laughs) very different than what you're doing now
1: very very different in theory it was kind of like sold to us as this glamorous thing like you'll get to travel all the time mm-hmm. but then I got assigned my locations and it was like only to towns that were like population 10 yeah which <laughs> no shade <laughs> but most of those towns have never seen a black girl before you're and, like this is gonna be an issue <laughs> <laughs> I mean I would get off the plane and it's like welcome here's the confederate flag I'm oh like, god I don't know how much it can take and it was just you know I would go to client sites and I'm talking to doctors here Mm -hmm. like they're no better they're still racist too and it was like I'm trying to do my job and it's like tell us like what what are you like oh can can we not like it was so just frustrating at times and I didn't feel like I had support Mm -hmm. you know and I would try to like voice these things to my manager and I had one good manager that cared a little bit but I mean basically they were like just tough it out and I'm like Well, this sucks.
0: <laughs> Literally, no support then. No, and you also stepped back in time, like you know, a hundred years when you Seriously, go to those small towns. It, it
1: was like the worst kind of culture shock, and I mean, I had already been exposed to it a little bit because I went to Arkansas yeah, and (laughs) that was a whole other awakening for me (laughs) to be like, all right, there,
0: this is real life. It's different. It's different than Texas. That's for sure. We were just talking about that. Yeah. It's a very different vibe.
1: And shockingly enough, you know, even though Dallas is the South, technically Dallas was very diverse for me growing up. I don't know Mm -hmm. like what your experience was in Fort Worth, but I, I went to Richardson high school and I always talk about how proud I am to have gone there because like, I just went to my little brother's graduation and there was every kind of person in mm-hmm. that stadium. I mean, brown, black, white, like every kind of person. And I, would, I thought that was normal. Yeah. Until I graduated. So and for me, course, it yeah, was reversed. You,
0: you, you go to college somewhere like in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's, it's completely different. So. That is crazy because sometimes, like, as a white person, as a white woman, when I hear you say corporate world sucked, I'm like, oh, yeah, because it was boring. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're really talking about serious issues where you feel unsafe and unsupported. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, I'm so happy you got out of that. And that's such a reality um, yeah. in that world that I just don't, I've never actually worked in the corporate world either. So I'm just, like, blind to all of these things, obviously, yeah. completely ignorant to it. Um, But now I'm so happy you got out of that. Like, you really, you needed to get out of that, honestly. I did.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't healthy, And, you know, I thought it was my only option. Like I knew I didn't want to work in the service industry or anything like that or retail. And I was like, well, I don't I don't know like where I could see myself. So I went from corporate to marketing Mm -hmm. and the marketing agency was a lot better. Okay, It still wasn't the best fit for Mm -hmm. me. And in terms of like diversity, it just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But. I think I had a, I was more in my niche, like more in my strength, working in marketing, but it was like pharmaceutical. So it wasn't very sexy. Yeah. I mean, but it, it was a step up. And from there I was able to be like, okay, just wait this out until I'm like, I'm going to pull the trigger and do what I want to do and just take the leap.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you did that. So how <laughs> old were you when you took that leap? Do you remember? Geez.
1: Was I, uh, I think 24, 25. Okay. Had not a, not a penny to my name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I had someone helping me like financially and our plan was like, okay, you're going to save some money up so that you can quit. Yeah. The thing about me is like some of the biggest, most pivotal decisions I've made have been on a whim and yeah, (laughs) I didn't really think them through. I just went off this feeling of if I don't do it now, when am I going to do this? And so I had this unwavering faith in myself, like we're going to be okay, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I quit my, I called my financial advisor and I was like, I know I don't have the money, but I I need to do it now. And she was like, okay, then we're going to do it. And I was like, I don't care how we do it. I'll figure it out. And so, I mean, I did have to kind of do a little hustle there. Mm -hmm. I was working like three, four jobs, door dashing, But um, I made it work. It wasn't the typical influencer, you know, story, I guess, that people are used to seeing. Or maybe maybe it's more common than we think and people just don't
0: share it. It's much more common. I have so many friends. I had my friend Josie come on the podcast in Mm -hmm. one of the earlier episodes and we were talking about this because she was in grad school when she started Mm -hmm. her social media career and really went for it. Um, We were talking about the weird jobs we did. When I first moved out to L.A., I was babysitting And then I was working for this beverage company where I had to go give out samples at Whole Foods. And, like, you would see me at Whole Foods just, like, with a hairnet on and, like, giving out samples. And then, like, I was also blogging. I'm living (laughs) I would do literally anything. I would model, like, have, like, the lowest day rate. I would just, like, Mm -hmm. do anything to get some cash and then babysit, like, midweek and the weekends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of us have that story. My friend Josie told on the podcast how she totally maxed out her credit card and just, like just had that faith in herself was like, I guess I'll pay it back some I'm telling you, like, we (laughs) are some
1: crazy bitches. We are. I mean, in the best way though, like you, if you don't believe in you, like who else will, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like you have to have you. And that was kind of like the way that I coached myself through it. I was like, I can't count on anybody, but I can Mm -hmm. count on me and I can figure this out and I can make it work. There are too many ways to make money in this world. Like I will put my toes on OnlyFans. I don't care. Like I'll figure it out. It will
0: happen for me. (laughs) That was definitely my mentality for sure. And it still is. Honestly, now, and as we kind of transition this conversation to talking about our later twenties and kind of getting out of the time when we needed to work these Mm -hmm. weird jobs, um, or beg my parents for money. I'm like, See? I literally have <laughs> a little lunch money. Mom. Yeah, please. I <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I think that, that the confidence that I have in myself now was truly built on those years mm-hmm. of making it work. And it wasn't glamorous as much as people, people, I think, in, think, you know, influencers like many of us probably think um, just have rich families or people mm-hmm. that have are been, you know, bankrolling their lives. And sometimes that happens, which no shade to them. If the, if my parents were, totally willing to pay for my life, I would absolutely yeah, love up. I'd <laughs> be like sick. That's great. Totally. And there, of course, I'm really lucky to have them there to help. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us, it's just not how it worked. Right. Um, not at all. And so I think those years of just like humbling myself with my mm-hmm. freaking hairnet on at Whole Foods, like trying to pass out this energy drink supplement mm-hmm. to people who could not care any less. <laughs> I think that that really gave me the confidence that I needed to take these little risks and things like that when it comes to my work. because. Yeah. I think there's a certain kind of person where I'm kind of jealous of people who want to live like a simple life. I know a lot of people who do that and they're really happy and I kind Mm -hmm. of crave that a little bit. Moving back to Dallas has been kind of pivotal in me trying to be a little bit more like that. Yeah. But I've just always been so hungry for my specific success that I want and the Mm -hmm. specific life that I want. And I've been willing to do truly I would totally sell my feet on OnlyFans. (laughs) That was my only way. (laughs) Look, I'd I'd be doing it. I'd definitely be doing it. It gave me the confidence to be where I am now. And I'm sure, you know, we just talked about this, too, because both of us are 28. And we're like, this is just such a great year. And Mm -hmm. I'm really happy for what both of us have honestly built in the course of our 20s. So right now, where, if you don't mind sharing, what are your streams of income currently? Like, what are your main streams of income right now?
1: So my streams mostly come from TikTok. Okay. I have like some on Instagram and some on, well, not on YouTube yet, just like AdSense money, but Mm -hmm. we're not doing sponsorships there yet. And then affiliate linking, like that carries a lot as well. Um, And then just like little random things sometimes. So I'm trying to think of a good example, but I'm always like helping people like that I know. So I. I feel like consulting almost right you know in a way and like for a while I did something like that um in the past I was doing like event planning Mm -hmm. like I used to hold these events for blockers and influencers in Kansas City and that's kind of how I like grew a lot of my audience there previously and then I got burnt out on that and I was like I just kind of want to do my own thing and the vibe is different there too
0: yeah absolutely so
1: it was like what I saw for myself I didn't really see other people really wanting that vibe mm-hmm. so I kind of got like let down there and thought like oh something's wrong with me but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's just you know any way you can like I feel like our industry provides a lot of different opportunities so you don't have to box yourself in yeah so yeah it's it's kind of nice to see how you can creatively use mm-hmm. your skills in other areas
0: what I like about that too is kind of I talked about this uh, a couple episodes last year where some of the best career advice I've ever gotten is your career is a jungle gym, not a ladder. Mm. So as long as you're confident and capable, if you're smart and willing to work hard, you can really do whatever you want in your career and kind of pivoting in these little ways out of, you know, various aspects of your career. For example, I started this podcast Mm -hmm. and it's connected to being an influencer, but it's a completely new thing I had to learn, a new Mm -hmm. skill. I'm still learning, like interviewing, obviously getting the equipment and there's a whole like learning curve that comes with it. And it's similar to my normal job, but it's just like a little bit different to right. where it feels I don't know, I feel like it makes me more creative to go down these smaller avenues. And mm-hmm. obviously you've done that mm-hmm. throughout the years. And you also as an influencer, I feel like you have to experiment with what works because you right. can't look at someone else and be like, Oh, they do that. I'm gonna model it and mm-hmm. off of that. Cause you know, you at the beginning we all do that. And then you realize, oh shit, I have to like do what's good for me. So let's try right. this event planning thing. Let's try the podcast. Let's try YouTube. And mm-hmm. um be willing to stick with the things that work and then give up the things that maybe you realize, hey, this isn't for me right now, or maybe I'm not good at this.
1: Totally. Like, I think that's so important. You said give up the things that don't work because... For me, I went through, I've tried so many things Mm -hmm. and anytime I was like, this isn't for me, like earlier we talked about how I had a podcast, the people we follow, and I was obsessed with it and I still love it, but I had to put it down for different reasons and I was embarrassed that I had to, so I didn't talk about it for the longest time, but like people don't know that like this, to keep things afloat, you have to use your own money and that, you know, until you can get those sponsorships and build up an audience, like... It's just grit. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, like that was one of those things for me where it was like for certain reasons, I had to give it up because I have a whole career. I have to like really think about in a business sense, like what is best for me right now. And so, you know, I've done that. And then like putting down the event planner hat was like mm-hmm. another thing. People were like, when's the next event? And like I got people so excited. But at the same time, I was like losing this this drive for it and you know, it started to get like really, really big and mm-hmm. people were coming at me like, let's take this national. And I mean, I never it was great that it got there, but I just was doing it for fun. Yeah. And I never even thought it was going to be something I can monetize. So. I
0: know. I think that's a lot of I feel like I. that's how I started this job in general As yeah. I didn't understand. Like, I don't think people realize <laughs> that, like, for example, my thing, I started my blog at 3 a.m. in my college like, dorm mm-hmm. um, on a whim with a recipe of, like, lemon pasta or something. <laughs> I and I, like, it was so random. <laughs> and then, like, every day you just kind of work and try to figure things out. Yeah. And again, I want to reiterate because we're talking about kind of stopping things that don't work. Mm-hmm. I've stopped a bunch of things that don't work yeah, and I'll probably stop a lot more things. And mm-hmm. I understand the embarrassment for sure. Like I get that hundred percent and I totally feel it. Mm-hmm. So I like to take that into account because I feel like again, some, some more great business advice that I've gotten from entrepreneurs that I know in my life is like know when to stop and when to quit. So you yes. can start something new that mm-hmm. you actually like. And of course when you're an entrepreneur, when you work for yourself, we don't do this. Like it's not supposed to feel like corporate world. Right. It's supposed to feel like free and creative and it Mm -hmm. it oftentimes takes a lot more work and effort like in terms of hours but it's supposed to be worth it because it's supposed to feel good Mm -hmm. overall right
1: and if you don't like if you're not having fun and like what's the point we're all the risk for yeah yeah you have to keep that at the front of your mind like you got here for a reason like you should enjoy and you deserve to enjoy it Mm -hmm. I think we associate work with like it being a necessity and just like something an obligation that we have to do but I think we should really challenge that and try to make it something that we enjoy moving forward. And I think kind of a lot of people are having their little awakenings now. Like, Everyone's quitting their jobs, The great resignation, like Mm -hmm. look it up. It's happening. People are like, I'm not going to do something that doesn't bring me happiness, enough money, like rightfully so.
0: I mean, especially when it's there, it's bringing you misery and not enough money. You're like, I mean, I might as well take a risk because this is, I couldn't get much worse. What do you have to lose? (laughs) Truly,
1: what do you have to lose?
0: Okay. So this kind of segues us really well into your recent content that you've done that I feel like just needs every eye it could ever get on it (laughs) because I watched your YouTube video about this initially saw your reel on Instagram about your first six figure month Mm -hmm. and um, very inspiring. It's a huge accomplishment to hit that um, and working so hard. I mean, especially when you're an influencer, a content creator, I feel like though as your following grows you make more money per post and you know for all this stuff you still are hustling for every dollar i mean it is hard to hustle for a six figure month Mm -hmm. that's just not like a passive income kind of thing usually
1: (laughs) very deliberate you you really (laughs) hustle
0: for every dollar Mm -hmm. and so i liked your mindset on just abundance when it comes to like mentally stopping to stop worrying about money you said something in your video that made me laugh and it's so true about like if you're scared to check your bank account Mm -hmm. and you're scared of like dealing with your money, that money is going to be scared of you. And I thought that was such a good way to put it. So first I want to direct y'all to her YouTube video about it. I will put that in the show notes, but I want you to kind of give us your lowdown on your current mindset with money and how that's, you know, given you your first six figure month.
1: Mm -hmm. So the, the very spark note version um, of the abundance mindset is just that you operate under the assumption that there's more than enough for you, for everyone, and you don't have to go through life under this desperate energy, as I like to put it, Um, kind of think of yourself as like, like, what would Beyonce do? Like, mm-hmm. she's got options, right? Yeah. She's not going to just say yes to anything. And like, you kind of have to, you should think of yourself the same way. And so for me, I think the abundance mindset ties a lot into law of attraction. Like, we kind of touched on this earlier at the coffee shop, how like, you attract what you are. Mm-hmm. So... This video, like, on YouTube really hit people. It it surprised me how much it hit people. But, of course, there's going to be people who, like, challenged me on it. And they're like, let's be real. Like, this is not true. Like, you're basically saying you're a victim to your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, I'm like, okay, well, what you think is true for you. Yeah. So... If you think, I mean, we all have our own reality. So if like, Mm -hmm. that's what you believe your life is going to show up in that way. Yeah. So for me, I refuse to believe that I used to believe that. And those were like my corporate days when I felt like I was just in the passenger seat of my life and being dragged around. Mm -hmm. And then I like snapped, but it took me being so incredibly miserable to be like, okay, am I just going to like stay on this track or am I going to be like, I'm, I'm mad now. Yeah, Like I want to change this and I don't want to be a victim anymore to my circumstances. Like I want to create my life. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the short version of it. And I think it's, it's a mindset thing, but the fine print is that a lot of what you truly, truly believe is stuff you're not aware of on mm-hmm. a subconscious level. So I had to do a lot of inner work and go back to like childhood and think Mm -hmm. like what happened to baby Bria to where today I can't even look at my bank account without getting anxiety
0: and so how did you reflect on that um if you like are there any tangible things that you did did you go see someone did you you know journal about it take some quiet time to yourself like what were your methods if you don't mind sharing
1: yeah I had a few different methods and I can't recommend therapy enough (laughs) first of all like (laughs) Even if you think you're in a good spot, just to kind of gain perspective on your life, I think therapy is amazing. But I did a lot of this just in my room alone, very dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there was like a little exercise I did that I talk about a little in the YouTube video as well, where I sat down with a piece of paper and I just wrote down everything I was really feeling about money. And money is just one example because abundance mindset can apply to any part of your life, relationships, your mental health, like anything but for this one, it was money for me. And I wrote down like things I had heard when I was little. Like, for example, my mom would say, love my mom, but she, <laughs> she would say things like money doesn't grow on trees. Like, you know, I think everyone's mom definitely everyone says that. that. Yeah. And so it's like, OK, so this is like a scarce thing. You mm-hmm. you start to associate like we're smart. So we start to make connections here. Another one was that just growing up as a black girl, I didn't see black people I didn't know anyone who was black who was wealthy that wasn't Oprah or yeah. like a rapper mm-hmm. or an athlete and so the way to become a wealthy black person I only saw like very few paths mm. so that for me like somehow I, I made this rule up in my head that I had to be one of those things to be rich
0: I think that that's why obviously the representation thing is so important mm-hmm. and um, again as a white woman all the time we don't see that I, I have different you know things in my life that I see but it's definitely not that and it's always it's interesting to have that perspective too especially on this podcast because again I can't speak from that perspective but it it is really interesting to think about and it does you know really force the question you know is everything as everyone of all race color gender being um, represented in this way so it's interesting to hear you talk about it like that and also yeah. I'm wondering do you think now like let's say if you're growing up now would you feel differently about that or do you still think like there aren't enough really good you know people representing
1: I think we still have a really long way to go Mm -hmm. and um specifically I think that because my experience in the influencer industry has been I'm not saying we all don't have difficult issues but I mean, until 2020, they didn't care about black influencers like they do now. And even, even now it's like bittersweet because it's like, are you doing this to cover your ass? Or do you really want me on, on this campaign? Like I've got to do extra checks to see, am I the token black girl on this brand deal? And you know, it's, it's bittersweet. Like why do, why do I have to go through those hoops? But like You see how influencers, like on TikTok, for example, the opportunities Mm -hmm. white ones are getting versus people of color who have just the same amount of followers, but don't have the same support and representation. It's still, we have a long way to go. And like, I've, I've sat in meetings with TikTok about it. Yeah. And they know it's a problem. And algorithm bias is a problem. Like representation is still an issue because it's deeply rooted in like Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get a black Disney princess till I don't know when and she turned into a frog halfway through the movie. (laughs) So,
0: like, you still owe us one. Well, that's where the systemic (laughs) issue obvious. It it becomes incredibly obvious um, for anyone who could ever try to denounce it. When you look at things like that, you're like, this is it's it's, right there. It's it's literally so (laughs) obvious. Couldn't be more obvious, actually. But anyway, so back to this video the way you just talked about abundance mindset truly helped me. And that's mm-hmm. why I really wanted you to come on because yeah. I feel like it's really important. So I cannot stress enough. Y'all go watch that video, but are there things now let's say just really tangible things that you do monthly when it comes to creating like a positive vibe and mindset around receiving money?
1: Yeah, I think cause sometimes I do feel like my inner child being like, You should freak out now. You should freak out Mm -hmm. now, especially if like, you know, I'm not like maybe I had a slower month or like, you know, I'm not getting as many deals or something like I feel her wanting me to react and I have to just really sit down and like trust in who I am. I'm like, we're not we're not broke anymore. Like we we clawed literally clawed our way out. And for reasons that people will never understand about me, like, I mean, I'm literally breaking generational trauma in my family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's deep. It's yeah. not just like, oh, I want the next G-Wagon. Like, sure, I'll take mm-hmm. it. But what I really want is, like, to take care of my family. And, like, there is nothing that I would have quit by now if it mm-hmm. wasn't bigger than me and I think that was, I think I said this in the video. You that
0: did. And you said something about, uh, sorry to cut you in there, You're but I, I really wanted to bring this up, which is why I'm like excited. <laughs> um, I like that you said it's not really about having things. It's about something connected to much deeper, kind mm-hmm. of like you just said. And definitely the way you talked about it on the video, yet again, I'm going to just, I loved that video so much. <laughs> I really liked when you said that, because again, that's the only thing that's going to give you drive and purpose is to have right. this like really internal like need and like fire yes
1: and I I think people especially like when you haven't hit that first milestone and breaking to your goal it's easy to get caught up in like surface level things and I used to when I first started out think oh like you know the PR packages were so fun when I first started to get Mm -hmm. them and I was like this is it like I made it but that was just you you get used to it. Mm-hmm. You get desensitized to it. And eventually the stuff is not going to make you happy anymore. Like, I'm thankful for all those things. But I know clothes don't make me happy. Mm-hmm. They just make me
0: cute. Well, also, <laughs> I, I realized, too, people people kind of shit on bloggers for PR and receiving so much PR and not being right. grateful. And right. I'm like, do you think this company that makes so much freaking money you have no idea <laughs> accidentally sent me this mm-hmm. like they're not sending me this because they want to be nice to me they're sending <laughs> me this because this is an easy way for brands to send you product mm-hmm. or promotion in exchange for the cost of the product it's business they don't have to sell they don't have to uh, give you any money for your work they want you to try out your the product in best case scenario you wear it you talk about it mm-hmm. it's essentially free promo for them and the brand does it their work. They're not doing it because they're like, "You know what? We we just love her." She's <laughs> like, "No. No. There's a it's, purpose it's behind business. that." Yeah.
1: Exactly. And and yeah, I don't want to sound ungrateful by any means, but I I can be honest that stuff does not make me happy. And Mm -hmm. I've had really, really dark times. And I mentioned earlier, I have a chronic illness called PMDD. And Mm so um, that has played a lot into how much work I can take on and like things I've had to let go of. But truly, I think this chronic illness has made me realize where to find happiness in in like a real way, Mm -hmm. because I used to kind of like fake it till I make it and think that like this glamorous job and like. That would bring me the happiness and it didn't it didn't and what really brings me happiness is like being present my family All those things. So like why do I work so hard? How do I keep going and how do I remind myself that i'm like that bitch? Well, it's because I got like people that I, I want to take care of yeah. and you know It's for me too Like I don't want to make it seem like your reasons have to be outside yourself Like you mm-hmm. deserve everything as well But for me in my situation, it's just like my family's worked so hard and I feel like I was put here to like not only help others, but like through my content mm-hmm. do that as well. And like, I I have to keep showing up for those reasons. And like, the like just like you saw those comments of black creators being like, thank you for this. Like mm-hmm. they need to see me. So like the reasons for me to keep going are just outside myself. Cause I, I've had a million times when I was like, I'm done with this shit. Like, yeah, same. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard, especially like when, no there's no rule book for this and like i don't know about you but i struggled a lot with like hate comments at first especially when i started to go viral like on tiktok Mm -hmm. terrible like i was like bedridden oh no and um i had to like shake myself out of that too and be like why are you doing this Mm -hmm. you know who gives a shit what sally in tennessee thinks about you like she ain't paying my bills Mm -hmm. so yeah you you just find that drive to like figure out what your why
0: is Mm mm-hmm all right. So we're going to end here with just like some affirmation speak because these have been a big part of my life and though they can feel kind of corny mm-hmm. sometimes, I feel like for me looking at myself in the mirror and saying an affirmation or just reminding myself, repeating it in my head over and over and over again, it has been really helpful in different areas of my life. So what is your you know, main, I would say, money affirmation? Yeah, I think
1: same affirmations are mostly like this Way to bring yourself peace especially when you are trying to contradict beliefs that you don't you just don't fuck with anymore mm-hmm. and so one of my favorite ones is everything is working out best case scenario because even when things are going terrible for me if it's working out best case scenario then I just have to trust that this is happening for like some greater good yeah and I always think about my corporate experience and how that affirmation ties in because when I was like hitting rock bottom there and like I hate this job. I don't want to do this. Like, why is this happening to me? It was so like, what was me being like, everything is working out. Best case scenario was something that pulled me out. And looking back now, I'm like, well, I'm thankful that I hated that job so much because it forced me to tap into my creativity to find joy again. Mm-hmm. And what has that turned into for me? An entire career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, building yeah. a life that you love.
1: Right. And enjoy. So you really have to be thankful for every moment, the good, bad, the ugly, because it's going to make you the best version of yourself.
0: I agree with that. And I think all of us can kind of relate to whether it's a relationship or, you know, an experience where you hated or that was just freaking miserable, looking back and being like, oh, I understand why that happened. So there's right. no reason that kind of thing's not going to happen again, especially if you're at rock bottom right now. It's always, it's all up from here. It it really is. I usually, that's kind of what I tell myself is more like, yeah, it's just all up from here. This is like, even if it's, if things are good, I'm like, things are even going to get better. And I Mm convinced myself of that. And another thing I liked that you really said about um, when you said, you know, think like Beyonce and obviously Beyonce has options. Mm -hmm. One thing I touch on a lot on this podcast because I'm really passionate about it is single women and the life of single women and not kind of dropping a stigma about, Making our single life about finding men, yeah, and it's more just like how you know if you want to start dating, if you don't want to start dating, whatever it is, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to things like relationships with friends and especially relationships that are romantic, right? You kind of have to go in and do it with that same mindset of abundance, yes, like
1: absolutely, I have
0: options, like I don't need one specific thing.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that. I mean, I just got married in late October, and so. I honestly think that mindset is what got me my husband now because I wasn't like, and people always say this, like when I stopped looking, Mm -hmm. I found the one. And I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to it because a, like you have that low key abundance mindset, you're focused on like enjoying things and you're not having that desperate energy. Like if you are desperately looking for someone, you're going to find someone on that vibration. Yeah. And that's not what you want like long term instead of finding a man like find yourself and mm-hmm. in that process that person or whoever it is yeah, will, will just count. yeah because you're just working on yourself and like attracts like mm-hmm. so when you're at your happiest and like just doing you they'll they'll probably pop up. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean I can definitely say with Joe when I met him. Mm hmm. I wasn't looking and even though I met him a couple times and I hung out with him a couple times and I still was like okay (laughs) take it or leave it and then like something clicked at one point and I was like oh wait I think I'm in love with this man (laughs) weird but I I think my constant just being like yeah like whatever maybe I'll see you Mm -hmm. you know when I see you he's like do you want to come to Scottsdale on these dates (laughs) (laughs) here's our Airbnb link let's go
1: right Um, and that's like attractive to them too that like you're doing your own thing and Absolutely. you're not like i have to be with you every like you can love someone and you can still like love yourself mm-hmm. and still put your priorities first as well and i think you know some women sometimes and this is just like from society mm-hmm. we we just automatically put ourselves on the back burner
0: it does not have to be that way Well, we're told that's what good women do a lot of our right. lives they sacrifice like, the you know they i'm like <laughs> oh my god no way right but i will say that's also how i found someone i think who does his own thing mm-hmm. because like he's not he constantly says you know he's like I, the reason i liked him was drawn to you mostly is because you were so ambitious mm-hmm. and like he thought i was attractive in these things but he was like but you're just so ambitious and i would just talk to you and you'd be like um, okay. I have things to do by. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. and not
0: like trying to be that way. It was just right. like, I literally was doing things.
1: It's, it's so like great. You have to do those things and you don't want to be, even when you find the one, you don't want to lose yourself in that marriage and your identity. And like, it's very hard to do, especially when you have kids. But I think if you practice that, especially if you're young and in your early twenties, mm-hmm. like you're going to have a leg up.
0: Yeah. I mean, balance is important. That's another thing. I mean, a conversation for another day, but I mm-hmm. honestly have been working on that so much with Joe because even living with him, I'm like, our lives are so intertwined that right. I have to actively make sure that I'm like working outside of the house, leaving the house mm-hmm. to go do my workouts. Like I schedule in like our time together, almost like it's a date. So I'm like, okay, well we'll meet up for dinner <laughs> and make dinner at home. Yes. But I like, t- I try to make sure that I'm out of the house. He's out of the house a lot to work out and stuff in the mornings now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, another conversation for another day, but I wanted to point to that mindset being applicable to so many things, whether mm-hmm. it's money or opportunity or, relationships I feel like it's just so important and another thing I mean before we end this make sure you guys go follow Bria all over social media I will leave all of her links in the show notes so you guys don't need to like you know worry about that I got you covered there (laughs) and then is there anything new coming up for you that we need to know about any new things you're starting kind of what you're what is your 2022 or intro to 2022 goal in terms of content like where are you creating content most
1: I think I've kind of like shifted my content and like my OG people know like I I was like more the fashion girl and Mm -hmm. you know I had to be real with myself mostly last year that it it wasn't what I wanted to like Mm -hmm. do it's a pillar of who I am and I can appreciate fashion but my content is mostly like I feel like my purpose is to make people see the best in themselves. And so like the abundance mindset video, like for example, just kind of like showing people that you have it, like Mm -hmm. you have everything you need to be successful. So if you're looking for content to just make you feel and see the best in yourself, then that's what I'm trying to bring to the table. And of course there's like fun stuff too. Like you'll see my husband, my dog a lot, Mm -hmm. Bubby. But yeah, like we're trying to get out of the house and travel if COVID will let us and, you know, just diversify the content and just have fun. So hopefully we can bring a little joy your way.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. When I say like, usually when I have guests, I feel like most of the, the feedback I get from people on this podcast a lot of it is i really like your solo episodes mm-hmm. because of the way that i am i just speak really linear linearly mm-hmm. and i like kind of know when i'm saying something i'm like oh shit i'm gonna use this in a tiktok yeah i have never had a guest where i'm like talking to them and like what they're saying fits so well where I don't have to edit it in a TikTok noise. Like, oh gosh, this you. is gonna be so fire. <laughs> I'm, Your I'm advice so is coming out. I'm like, damn, it's like really hitting. Um, so thank you so much for being on. Thank you, for and me. Um, thank you guys for listening. And I will see you guys next week.